HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Life is a Banquet, a show about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable, and burnable, and destructible, with your hosts, me, Gilbert Gottfried, and... Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yes! Amazing! <laughs> You're so quick. I knew you'd have something good to come with, and I didn't know what it would be. But hello, Bobcat. <laughs> Happy... New Year to you, my friend. Gilbert, hello to you. <laughs> I was going to do a Gilbert Gottfried impression, but I decided people have <laughs> suffered enough do not this do year. <laughs> uh, we'll lose our final listener. <laughs> Who is, in, in fact, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> He's like, don't you do it. Do not impersonate me or I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, can you... Name a favorite movie that Bobcat Goldthwait is in. I already took Scrooge, took it. Damn it. No, I can't even think of any. No, I don't know. What else I is he even in? Of, I don't know. It's the only one I can think of because it's Christmas time. No, don't do it. I can name a favorite movie that, um, uh, who am I? Gilbert Gottfried is in. Aladdin? No, Problem Child. <laughs> <laughs> Aladdin? Is he in Aladdin? Isn't he the bird in Aladdin? Oh, maybe. I haven't seen that in a long time, and I feel like I probably will never watch it again, honestly. Oh, yeah. I think that's okay. <clears throat> I'm afraid it's too problematic for 2020, the year in review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God, guess uh, what I'm drinking? My friend just started a uh, new alcoholic beverage company, and it's called Zuzu. And it's funny because my new pop-up I'm doing, my lasagna pop-up, is called Zaza. And so yeah, she hit me up. Get together. Yeah, she hit me up and we're going to do a little cross-promo fun action thing. But she came over today and dropped off a bunch of, this is a free ad for Zuzu, um, a bunch of samples. And this shit is delicious. What is it, Zara? Tell us more. Well, wouldn't you like to know, Bobcat? It's I, a, I would, I would it's like a sparkling beverage. It's in like a 250 milliliter adorable bottle, and it's kind of like a low ABV agave spirit and juice beverage. Interesting. Yeah, it's like a little tequila 
soda basically with lime. But it's made this one is calamansi lime flavor, and it just has like a little bit of sugar in it and lime sounds juice great. and agave. It's very very good. That truly. sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it's great. So anyone out there, if you can find Zuzu, I think they're just doing small distribution right now, but it's good. Great. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a dry, sparkling rosé cava that my wine store lady recommended to me. It still costs $20 to get an okay bottle of wine here, but that's fine. Yeah. Fine. I mean, yeah, it it is fine. What else is going on with you, you knucklehead? Um, well, I'm regressing, I think, or whatever. I don't know what the word is. I guess the thing where you, like, become trapped in sort of a nostalgia situation because you can't deal with reality or whatever. Sure, sure. Is there a word for that? I don't know what it is. I think Um, it's called deteriorating into a puddle of your own juices. (laughs) Yes. Well, I realize I've been watching. I mean, Christmas happened, so I feel like in that time it's okay to sort of watch movies that remind you of being a child and like do the rituals of your childhood. But I, I keep thinking about this a lot because I just, well, because the world is ending, but I think it's just like nostalgia we've been taught is a trap and you shouldn't fall into it. And then later they're like, well, it's fine to have a little bit of nostalgia, but don't get too much. And then whatever, whatever. <laughs> so there's just a lot to think about, but I think the whole like regressing, it's not like my child was childhood was like that great but there's just like parts of it where I'm like oh this is such a good like a weird fond memory anyway my point is sorry maybe I had a little too much sparkling kava already but um (laughs) I bought I bought some Christopher Pike books from the used bookstore and instead of reading anything that's going to like improve my life or give me the outlook of someone who is different from me or self-help book of any kind I'm reading a young adult novel that is so badly written. It's so badly written. <laughs> I'm proud of you. That's good. Dude, it's thought, important to feel good a little bit. Well, yeah. When I first moved to back home, I thought I would buy all the Christopher Pike books because I found one at a used bookstore. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. Perfect beach read. Mm-hmm. But um, they're actually kind of hard to find and very expensive to buy Christopher Pike books. Like, There's like a lot of them on eBay, and there were only like 10 books, and it was like four hundred dollars or something crazy really yeah so oh, that's a pike spike <laughs> so i was like all right well i'll just like you know roll the dice and since i constantly am just thrifting to ease my anxiety mm-hmm. but it also increases my anxiety it's, it's not working uh i'm like i, I go to a thrift store <laughs> at least once a week so i should be able to find a couple but anyway i bought some and they're just i remember i, I feel sorry for my 12 year old self because i was like these books are so like scary and like the plot is so exciting and like I can't even get to the plot because it's so shittily written like I can't even like yeah but it's written for kids it's fine I know I know I don't know you know I think it's fine it's fine okay so then the other thing I bought that's definitely regressing is I bought a young adult novel (laughs) no (laughs) diapers no Um, (laughs) baby food Sorry, go ahead. I mean, a hamster. You bought, you bought a juicer. Who's eating baby food? Am I That's right? true. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> That's very true. Touche, so, Bobcat. Um, no, I bought this like young adult novel, fantasy novel that was written by the fucking Decemberists guy. Oh, which really? I didn't, I didn't even know it existed 
or if I did, I completely forgot about it because it was from like 2011. So I'm like, this book is from 2011. I like went through in my head. I'm like, should I buy this? And then I was like, I'm buying this. And so I bought it. I started reading it. It's definitely like for a younger person. <laughs> it's like definitely supposed to make like a 12 year old chuckle. That's um, funny. So yeah, that's what's happening to me. You know, I've I've been feeling that same way though. To you're talking about being sentimental and like nostalgic. Like I've been feeling very sentimental lately. But what happens to me when I feel sentimental is I think of all the terrible things I've done throughout my life. <laughs> like so. <laughs> I'll be like, that's good, oh, remember- like, that's what, that's good though, right? Isn't that kind of like you're going through like a twelve step program or something? Kind of, but like I'm like, oh god, remember? I'll think of my grandma or something. I'll be like, oh, I wish she was still oh. alive. And then I'll be like, oh, remember the time when you crazy glued her fingers together when she was taking a nap? Did you, you know do that? I did. Yes, and she had that what? thin, thin, thin. I was like five or four years old. She had that thin, thin grandma skin. So when she had to pull <gasps> them apart, you know. Zara, I this you have to go to jail. <laughs> and then she, and that's how she died, right? Because she was bleeding yeah, so much. She bled to death. She. <laughs> I'm a sick person. I have, I have problems. It's no wonder no. I'm alone. I mean, you always joke around about how you murdered someone when you were four, but now you know it's true. Yep, I killed my own grandma. Um, you heard it here first on Heritage Radio. Home of food radio for over 20 years. So anyway, uh, I feel that same way, but I usually feel, when I feel nostalgia, I feel sad and it fuels my depression, which I am fully in, but that's fine. fine. Um, I have also been trying to really focus though. Like, it's funny, like I feel like I'm doing a lot of self-care stuff and I feel happy and positive in my brain, but... I have the depression feeling in my body. You know, when you feel it in like certain places, like your, I feel it in like my solar plexus kind of and in my um, eyes. But anyways, but in my mind, I feel okay. So I'm kind of like teetering. I'm, I'm trying. But um, I'm listening to a lot of David Sedaris. I'm like binging all like the, my favorite David Sedaris books on Audible. Oh, you know, he got, he got a little Twitter shade this year. Oh, really? What happened? He posted a thing on Twitter about how you should be able to, I'm going to totally butcher this, but not like anyone who listens to, who listens to Twitter is listening to this podcast. Gilbert, uh, if you're <laughs> listening, cover your ears. Um, he said something about how you should be able to like choose your customer service person and like they should always be happy and not rude. Something that's like basically bad. He was basically talking shit about customer service people having bad attitudes well while you know many yeah. years ago he wrote about someone almost getting him fired when he worked in retail so it's just like the successful man sort of forgetting his roots and wanting someone who works a menial job for not enough money to live on to be nice to him i guess when he buys lotion or something sure but david sedaris also says like the worst possible most crazy things ever so like for me i don't know for me i'm just like yes i agree that is annoying but he's also like you know pushes it pretty hard but anyway like he's really been getting me through the day just yeah, like I making love, me i read LOL. all of his stuff multiple times so funny so I funny enjoy, it's like the acerbic self-deprecating wit thing that's he's, good but i do feel like a little bit separated from him i do like the way that he talked about the, his alcoholic mother um, yeah 
I love the way he talks about everything. He's so... To me, he's like the funniest person ever. And I also just listened to Amy Sedaris on Conan O'Brien's podcast. And I was like crying, laughing. But so like, I'm trying... What I'm trying to say is that I've been trying to really focus on things that make me laugh. That's and good, yeah. I just, hard, I don't think, I think the problem is, is I don't think that I can laugh anymore. I just, I feel like there's just, <laughs> there's too much, I've learned too much, the veil has been pulled off, and I can't, I did laugh at something today. I listened to a podcast, and I laughed, and I realized that I was surprised that I had laughed, so that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm at, okay? I'm addressing, I mean, bad young adult fiction. You're in and, diapers. I'm not laughing, and I have a ton of family drama that I have to deal with. So I'm also regressing because I'm living in my parents' home, the home right. of my childhood. Yeah. Um, and there's family drama all around me, and it's super annoying, and it's super, like, doesn't affect me at all. But at the same time, I have to deal with it because every time I leave my room, there's someone, like, being super annoying or crying or child protective services is being called on them. So mm. <sighs> it's just a nightmare. That's really tough, dude. I'm really and sorry. And that's why I can't laugh. But um, <laughs> Well, I if laugh. you want to laugh, watch the Fran Leibovitz uh, documentary on Netflix. I that will definitely I make you laugh. I listen to a podcast about how, because she has no worldview, she's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the podcast that made you laugh was about, Fran Leibovitz? No, no. The podcast was oh. like, I it just made me realize that what it actually made me realize is that all the podcasts that I listen to are run by mostly men who are at least 10 years younger than I am. Mm. And that's just like the nature of the, the podcasting world. Like that's how it kind of came about in the time of my life. But um, sure. this guy is just like talking about how all of her jokes are not funny. And I'm like, no, that's true. This, one of the podcasters is like, I was listening to the podcast, Michael and us, which is like a Canadian lefty po- podcast about movies and political movies. Um, it's actually kind of enjoyable, but also I think two white guys, so whatever. Mm. Um, that they were born like ten years after me, but um, how dare they, they were like they were like one of the guys is like I'm familiar because I was worried that they didn't even know who Fran Leibovitz was and didn't have the context, but he was like when I was seventeen, I was reading a lot of I've read both of her collected works because she's actually only published two. Collected, collected works. works. Mm-hmm. In 1981 was the last time she was ever published. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I watched the I watched the trailer. I watched. I finally got to watch the original 2010 version. Right. That was I on kinda, HBO. Yeah, which I kind of like more. But we well, didn't watch this yet, though. How could you That's like true. it more? Well, I like it. Classic more Nicole. Pre- I like it more than the preview. Get out of here, you nut. <laughs> she's it's like, the subway good. smells bad. And Martin Scorsese's like, <laughs> and he's like, Martin Scorsese has never been on the subway in the last 30 years. Well, yes, he pretends. So Fran Leibovitz definitely lives as a real New Yorker. And like, I also really appreciate that she doesn't have a cell phone. She doesn't have a computer. She doesn't, has never used the internet. <laughs> she's like, a- <laughs> She's a real, like, traditionalist. But, She's um, a traditional 70-something-year-old person. She's practically yeah, 80. I love her. And she smokes <laughs> like a chimney. God bless her heart. Literally, bless it, because it's about to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like Fran Leibovitz. I will, I will watch it. I was just, like, listening to the podcast, and I was like, I think I'm just, like, there's, like, a a middle ground where I'm, like, obviously not old enough to be, like, a 70-year-old person. 
Right. I'm not quite yet old enough to be a 70-year-old well, person. You know, the thing about watching the Fran Leibovitz doc that, like, made me really think, I was like, she's such a committed smoker, but she, like, loves her life. Like, she smokes and reads books. And I was like, you know, but she's definitely going to die of emphysema or lung cancer, like, within the next five years. Definitely within the next 10 years. She can barely breathe. I mean, if she dies in 10 years, she'll be 90. That's a good life. She'll be 80. She's 70 now. Okay. So, like, <laughs> I was, like, contemplating, though. I'm like, you know, is it worth it to just live your life exactly the way you want? Which, for me, I love smoking. I mean, I, I don't smoke now anymore, but, like, I love it. And I was like, should I just be, you know, just smoke and then die at 70? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a classic this is a classic cigarette conversation to have at your age. I had this exact crisis at your age. And honestly, yeah. I'm telling you, you should just smoke until you age out of it like I did. Mm, yeah. Because I just kept smoking. I quit for like one second. And then I went back to it and I loved it. I don't love it anymore. Just smoke yeah. until you don't love it. That's what you got to do. Totally. Well, this episode is titled Smoke Em If You Got Em. Because as we <laughs> all know, the world is coming to a bitter terrible ending right before our very eyes we're pretending it's not but it it is for those of you who think joe biden i walked by a fucking store today in my neighborhood and there's candles there's those prayer candles and some of them (laughs) have pictures of joe biden on them and some have pictures of kamala harris on them and some have pictures it's so i actually like I'm so glad that I wear a mask now because no one can see my reactions and my talking to myself, which I could never give up. I'm going to have to wear a mask forever. Um, <laughs> snarling under my masks. There's there's uh, one that has Anthony Fauci on it and one that has Cuomo on it because Ooh. to liberals, all these people are the same. To liberals, yeah. AOC and Cuomo are the same. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And then, and that if you light a Joe Biden prayer candle, your life I mean, will get if better. You, if you light a Governor Cuomo prayer candle, he'll just <laughs> say what he always says, which is like, if we keep taxing the rich, they're going to move away from New York City. So we can't do it. Bye. <laughs> what do you think an Andrew Cuomo prayer candle smells like? Meatballs? No, I think it smells like nothing. Really? I think it smells like nipple sweat. <laughs> Oh God, he's such a loser. <laughs> he is a loser. He's a an L seven weenie. <laughs> he's an actual L seven weenie. That's true. Um, should we talk about our topic today, which is a year in review? Because we love to do our year in reviews like two or three weeks into January. Yeah, yeah. I want to do a year in review after a whole bunch of shit has already happened in this current year. We're reviewing um, this year, twenty twenty one. So this is a very narrow, you know, white lady focus of the year because uh, I'm talking a lot about what I experienced. I'm um, speaking so, from the perspective of an Indian man. So if you <laughs> would kidding. like a more diverse perspective on the year 2020, you should listen to a different podcast. Totally. Um, okay. So I, you know, I half-heartedly did this because... You know, I'm just feeling down in the dumps. It's fine. It's January. It's cold. I just recently started hiking alone, and then I listened to a podcast about a woman <laughs> who gets murdered while hiking alone. I mean, I know that women can get murdered hiking alone, like, in the actual wilderness, but she got murdered super close to the highway, which is what I'm always like. I'm hiking super close to the highway, so if someone murders me, I can escape really fast and go to the highway. But he literally just ran up behind her and slit her throat before she knew what was happening, so that's mm-hmm. been 
annoying for me, so I can't solo hike anymore. That is annoying for you. It's annoying for all women. Yeah, it's like, can I hike? Can I fucking hike? Can I just go? Who wants to even hike anyway? And you go to the lengths of hiking and someone's going to kill you? Give me a break. Give me a break, murderers. Lay off. We have enough to worry about. I know. And to quote Carrie Bradshaw, I can't help but wonder. I went hiking with my sister (laughs) on the more, like, remote places when I was home for Christmas. And there were, like, several, like, middle-aged solo male hikers and I was like one of these guys is probably a fucking murderer and so I can't solo hike around them a hundred percent that's this is the feeling I get every time I go into like a Lowe's or Home Depot I have the same kind of like suspicious feeling I'm like one of these people in here is not buying things to make a birdhouse one of these (laughs) folks is buying some of these weapons and torture tools that is like like filled to the brim in here to to kill somebody on a hike yeah so and i'm like i'll be like this guy he was like so incompetent like he actually tried to ask someone to help him bury the body right afterwards but he just literally walked up on a high uh, a trail very close to the highway ran up behind her slit her throat then wasn't really sure what to do with her dead body and as a result got caught immediately but it's not really gonna justify i'm not gonna feel good about it if someone gets caught immediately i want to live exactly exactly anyway so, what I'm saying is, <laughs> I wrote down some things that happened that are good. Oh, okay, great. That happened this year, or like seem good, all things considered. And also, it's helpful to remind ourselves, though, as bad as things are, it was still worse in the 60s. Okay? Yeah, that's true. Or, like, as bad as things are, they're the same way for people all the other years. Like, I've had a little bit of an issue with people being like, Oh, 2020. It's like, yeah, for us. But like a lot of people, 2019, 2018, 20, 2006 were shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's yes. just like kind of It's I don't not know. the year. It's capitalism. It, exactly. Is it me or is it capitalism? It's capitalism. Oh, but and OK, I have two more bad things to say first. I just okay, found this great. out. So I didn't know. I just I haven't been on Twitter. Also, getting Bill on Twitter Gates is dead. A, I think it was a mistake. again. Bill Bill Dates. Bill Dates guide. Bill Dates is dead. Um, No, but I wasn't really on Twitter at all. And now I'm on Twitter. And so I know what's happening. But I don't really know if it's good. I think it's bad. But I can't stop now. It's an addiction. But so what I learned from Twitter and also my friend's group text is that it's not true that that man at the Capitol revolt tased himself in the balls and died as a heart attack as a result. Oh, it's not, huh? No, yeah, that sounded not. too good to be true, huh? Yeah, he just died of a regular old heart attack while he was on the phone with his wife. Oh, well, you know, I mean, fool me once, shame <laughs> on me. And the other thing is, like, that video is not of a guy getting thrown off the flight because he's on a no-fly list. If you're on a no-fly list, you don't get a boarding pass. So Yeah, I don't pay attention <laughs> to these things that circulate around, like, social media. Everyone's wrong. Like, yeah, he everyone's was kicked, wrong. He was kicked off the flight because he wouldn't wear a mask, which is cool. Yeah, that is cool. But he wasn't on a no-fly list. You know, I believe both of those stories. Gotta tell you the truth. Sure. I just think it's a good rule of thumb not to repost, like, random, like, news stories that you see, like, 20 other people posting. Because they're probably not true. And that's actually a huge part of the problem. Yeah. So, okay. So, moving on. Good stuff that happened in 2020. This is also, like, stuff that... I found diverting from the crisis at hand, so maybe it wouldn't always fall under the good umbrella, but it's still funny. Okay? Okay. 
Number one. Murder hornets came to the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) They sure did. What happened to those pesky hornets? (laughs) I don't know what happened to them, but it was like a fun... I was scared at the time. I should still be scared, but at this point, what's the point of fear? Sure. Um, Yeah, so basically, murder hornets came. It was like a nice thing to like read about and look at the scary photos and be like, they're sighted and... And then it just all went away. So mm-hmm. I don't... Did they all get killed? I have no... Did they die of COVID? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a fun diversion. Uh, Grimes had a baby with Elon Musk, which is gross, but a nice diversion to like just think about the horror of what it must be like to become famous. I guess once you become famous, all bets are off. And you can change your entire worldview in a, in a millisecond. Um, Elon Musk is obviously a con man raised by a man who owned an emerald mine. So, you know. He's he's a real class A creep. And didn't they name their baby like E E equals MC squared or something? Yeah. Something like we cannot figure out. I just, you know. Super cool. It's just Elon Musk also really do your research on this guy. He's an actual con man. Just a real like all like all billionaires. Is he a billionaire? Uh, he's, I think, the richest person in the world now. Great. Um, or up there. Yeah. And he already ha- I mean, he should get, I guess he has like seven children now, so he needs to provide for all of them. Exactly. He's a hardworking, he's a working class guy. His last name is Musk, so we should actually feel bad for him. <laughs> what an awful last name. To be I named hate, Musk? Yeah, no, I, mean, thank I hate you. Musk. I hate Musk as a scent. Yeah, no thanks, Musk. Um, okay, moving on. In good stuff that happened this year, I finally, for the first time ever, made yeast bread. Yeah! I made a focaccia, a focaccia. <laughs> a focaccia. It turned out really well. Nice! It's so easy. It's so easy to make focaccia. Also, it's so easy. It's, once you dive into bread recipes, which of course everyone else knows because they did COVID bread way before I did, um, there's plenty of confusing stuff out there. Like, should you... Use warm water and let it get activated. Or do you even have to do that? Nobody knows. Yeah, there's no right answer. Do you? Feel your, find your own footing on this one. The other thing that happened is that I made a bunch of playlists because making a playlist for me takes hours and hours and hours. So I was able to use my free time to make a Christmas playlist that is 24 hours long and has just like a variety of Christmas songs. It's my favorite playlist. I gave it around. People were into it. It was great. I shared it with like, I don't know, 20 people. And I listened to it all through the holiday season. And I'm still listening to it. (laughs) It took me like, I think all told, like eight hours to make that playlist. It's so good. Because before that, I made a Christmas playlist. I I found like every Christmas album, not every Christmas album, because that would be, I think, maybe impossible. Um... But I found Christmas album, like, I went through, like, old lists from the 1980s. I went, I, I found multiple sources of Christmas albums, listened to all of them, made it into a list of, like, 700 Christmas songs, and then parsed that down to the 24-hour Christmas playlist. Anyway, that was great. Truly. Um, the second thing is drive-in movies became more popular. So there was a drive-in movie theater here in Indiana that is staying open through the winter because Ooh. no... I mean, it's actually shocking because people in Indiana don't really care. They don't wear masks or care about <laughs> indoor dining or movie theaters. But <laughs> They're just having a lot of key parties and, like, people are bobbing just like, for apple contests. Yeah, it's crazy. 
but one of the drive-in theaters stayed open through the winter, which they normally don't do, um, which helps them financially, which is very cute. Um, That's what? awesome. There was one here in Greenpoint. It was $50 per car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no thanks, Elon Musk, who owned the drive-in movie theater over here. He does? And- and only played Problem Child too. Um, no, Did they play no. Problem Child? No, but I prefer Problem Child too, just to be honest, because there's a female lead character in it. And she is a pest. Wait, <laughs> I bad. missed what I missed. I missed what you just said. <laughs> I said I what I said to the guy. I said that I prefer Problem Child too because there's a female co lead, and oh, she there is, is. A, she's a real pain in the ass. Why do you remember Problem Child so well? I always hate that. I watched it so many times. Well, why do you think I glued my grandmother's fingers together and then subsequently have <laughs> led to in her problem death? Child? No, but I, I'm just saying I'm a problem child. You're like, yeah, okay. You identified with that guy. Yeah, I identify hard with Problem Child with that guy and that gal. <laughs> that, it me. It, it me. <laughs> I feel like you can't show Problem Child now because I think it, it's bad for ginger. Like it says that gingers are... Freaks. And we're not allowed to say gingers anymore either. Gingers People are freaks, have... and I can say it because I had a ginger parent, and they are freaks. My dad was a ginger until he died. He got fucking had chemotherapy for ten years, and he never lost that fucking red hair. Not a single hair fell out. Is well, that what strange? Do you, tr- do you think that? People that have red hair are weird, or yeah, they're mutants because society treats them differently. They no, they're actually mutants. Way. They have a mutated gene that makes them redheads. They're literal mutants. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, beware. Beware of redheads, folks. You heard it here first. I'm not afraid to say it. Go ahead and cancel me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you are redheaded also, for the record. <clears throat> me? Yeah. I've got some red strands. I'm getting got- more brown as I, time goes on. I used to dye my hair red. Maybe that's what you're thinking. No, I feel like you definitely have auburn in your hair. I like do. Anne of Green Gables. I do, yeah. <laughs> that's what they call me. Czar <laughs> of Green Gables. <laughs> um... Here's something I pulled from the internet and maybe you remember, but maybe don't. Is that a 103-year-old woman survived COVID and she had a Bud Light in the hospital as a result. Wow, and that's it's a amazing. it's a very cute photo. I haven't heard she's, that, but I love it. <laughs> she's drinking one of those bottles that, like, you, the ones you take, you get at sports arenas where you can't break them and kill people with them. Because um, <laughs> otherwise she would have. <laughs> I don't no, I just think it's funny that, that she's drinking one of those. No, it's amazing, but I'm picturing her being like, well, fuck this shit, and she just smashes the bottle and starts, like, stabbing everyone in the neck with it. <laughs> I just can't believe, when you're 103, like, why keep going on? I don't really understand, but... Well, yeah, well, it was funny. I was listening to um, David Sedaris, one of his books, and in one essay he was saying that he had dinner with, like, this young student, and the student was studying, like, science, and he was saying that in the future... Um, People who are living now will will live, a lot of them will end up living in 200. And then David Sedaris was like, oh, my God, what if one of them is my father? <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> no one's going to be 200. <laughs> it's really funny. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what the point is at 103. But I think it's great. I'm glad she's alive. And then she crushed a beer. That's amazing. Totally. Um, then there was... That opera that played to the plants. Do you remember that? Yes. That's great. That was great. very sweet. Adorable. <clears throat> um, there, everyone adopted pets. I think that's cute. Although I do want to put out my constant notice, which is no one deserves a dog. So 
<laughs> Everyone went out there and adopted a pet, and that's great. But I want you to know that that pet is not for you. You have to help that pet. So mm-hmm. train your pet. Do the work. You don't deserve pick, that dog. Pick up its shit. <laughs> okay? With a bag, you don't deserve not your that hand. Dog, and if that dog is a comfort to you, then you need to do the work to make sure that it is your equal lifetime companion. And that includes training it and saying no to it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if it's bad, take one of its ears, roll it up in a twist, and give it a small nibble. Or you can just put acupressure on one of its ears. That's calming to dogs. Oh, I loved. I want a dog. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone too. said during COVID. But I really doubt that all of them are good pet owners. I know. That's why there's like roving bands of like <laughs> dogs now just taking over the streets. <laughs> people, you know, how like, like people like hate parrot. They get a parrot and they're like, I hate this fucking parrot. Why is this thing still alive? And they just let it fly out the window and they start like <laughs> parrot colonies. That's what's going to start happening. Prediction 2021 bands of feral dogs running around everywhere. Yeah, that's already happening in many other places. Um, mm. And then, of course, we have to mention the the Dreams guy, Dogface420, who, I think he changed his name, but he rode on a skateboard, drank cranberry juice, and we all <laughs> cried a little bit. That guy was great. What are you doing right now? I hope he's a listener. He was really a great guy. I hope he thrives in his life. Um, Crayola made diverse skin tone crayons so that children can literally color themselves into the world and i'm like what took you so long like what absolutely. the hell absolutely that's ridiculous that it took so long why i'm crayola <laughs> what the fuck yeah fuck you crayola <laughs> i mean good that you did that but also fuck you for not doing it like and 60 years ago. in the same vein 80 years ago, after 100. literally 40 seasons bachelor had its first black male uh bachelor <laughs> that's absurd <laughs> i know that's completely absurd I don't it's understand that it's first of all been on for 40 seasons. Um, yes. The whole thing is absurd. Well, actually we should start with the absurdity being that people, there's a game show for someone to get married from. And they do. How is that possible? I'm a good person and I am super single. I feel like we like, I mean, I don't understand how these people who go on like talk shows, talk shows, game shows. <laughs> I'm now I'm friendly boys. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen television before. Whatever. It's just, it's annoying. But good for, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to retract that statement because I'm going to try to be more positive. Good for them. I hope that they found love, but it is absolutely unacceptable that after 40 seasons, they finally picked a black person to be the bachelor. I don't even yeah. know how the show could still be on the air with that kind of, those kind of numbers. It's insane. It's yeah. literally insane. Except it's for terrible. it's not insane. It's actually just reflective of how the entertainment industrial complex works. Right, right. guys? Yep. Um, also, you're not super single because you've had sex recently. I am super single. <laughs> I'm trapped in my parents' house in Indiana. Okay? So, <laughs> well, have sex with one of your parents. <laughs> watch out where you're talking about being super. You can't be super single if you literally had sex in the last three months. Okay? <laughs> yeah, but, you know. Anyway, let's leave it at that. That's true. Um, okay. I now, have had sex in the past three months. And what? <laughs> I'm still single. Not, you're regular single. You're not super single. Okay, fine. <laughs> Fair enough. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's. 
home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Um, okay, so now let's get to the section that we all care about the most, which is the entertainment section. So, mm-hmm. this year, I watched... I decided that I wasn't just going to tell you about the movies that I watched from 2020 <clears throat> because we're all trapped in the house. So I watched a lot of movies this year, a lot of them not from 2020, but I'd never seen them before. And we should talk about them a little bit. Um, but first, I want to talk quickly about some television that I watched. Great. Number one, The Floor is Lava. It's on Netflix. I love it. I think I talked about it on the show already, but it I is... I don't think so. I don't remember you saying that. <laughs> it's a stupid game show. Based on the game that we all played when we were kids, where the floor is lava, so you can't step on the floor. But the floor is actually lava in this case. And it's just thick slime that they have bubbling underneath an obstacle course that a trio has to get through for points. Wow. That's amazing. It's fun. It would be better if the floor was really lava. And if they did fall, they would immediately be incinerated. Right. But I don't think you can do that with laws and TV and stuff. Yeah, I'm just saying... I think that would make for a better game. That's all. Um, okay. Movies that I watched that were not from 2020 that I liked. Or that maybe I didn't like, but I watched them. Uh, Citizen Kane. I'd never seen it. I have never seen it either. I mean, I know about Soylent Green and it being made of people, but that's about it. That's a completely different movie. Right. What is that? Citizen Kane, the greatest movie of all time. No, I know. Starring... What movie am I talking about? I'm pretty sure it's called Soylent Green. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I said I never saw it. (laughs) Citizen Kane is Orson Welles. Um, They actually just made a movie on Netflix about the writing of Citizen Kane. Right, Gary Oldman plays Orson Welles. Or no, the other guy who didn't get any credit for it. He plays the screenwriter. It's called Mank, right? Yeah, he got plenty of credit. He is the screenwriter for that movie. (laughs) Right, but like everybody always just like, yeah, whatever. Go ahead. So did you like it? Citizen Kane? Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, I thought Citizen Kane was made in, like, the 1800s. I didn't realize it was from the 40s. Um, <laughs> 1800s. I just thought it was, like, a really old movie. Yeah. Um, and it's good. It's long. Is uh, it the best movie ever made? Does it deserve to be the number one movie ever made? Yeah, I mean, I I understand why people who are boring do that. Because it, it did, like, once you watch it and you understand that, like, 
so many movies have copied everything that about it. Um, it's it's really good. Okay, I'm gonna. It's watch an it. excellent movie. Okay, great. There are scenes from it that I will stay with my brain forever, and I really I enjoyed it. But there's parts where like you know it's told in reverse, like you see him die at the beginning, and then his life is told through whatever. Hey, and... don't spoil Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, well, he dies literally in the like first. Nicole. <laughs> A lot of us haven't seen Citizen Kane, right, Gilbert? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the whole anytime a movie uses a newsreel to tell a story like that it's all that it, mm. you know it was the first time a movie had done most of the stuff that we all just assume is normal in movies. right like it was like day. groundbreaking yeah um, another old timey movie that I saw is Trouble in Paradise which is um, a rom-com from the 20s by Lubitsch who did Shop Around the Corner it's mm-hmm. very good oh cool it's just like a really funny really witty Really, movies from the 1920s are just as, if not more so, witty than the movies we watch present day. Like, they're just really well done. Pre-code movies, I'm all on board for. Well, I think that, like, personally, and I, I, I don't know if other people feel this way, but I, there's something in the back of my mind that, like, feels like people in the 20s are, like, weren't funny. Like, like didn't have a sense of humor, like, hadn't figured out humor yet or something, just because, like... You know, like, the verbiage was different. The way of speaking, like, nomenclature and stuff was, like, kind of different then. But, like, that's not true. People were probably funny in Jesus times. I've heard Jesus was probably (laughs) very funny. People in the 1920s talk exactly like people talk now. There's literally no difference. Yeah, except they talk like this. But their jokes are all exactly the same. It's just in this kind of voice. That's not how they talk. Yeah, they do. Kind of transatlantic, a little bit bit British for some reason. No, that's just Catherine Hepburn. Um, uh, oh, that's my Catherine Hepburn impression. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Trouble in Paradise is great, and movies from the 1920s are like shockingly, if you haven't been watching them, just like movies. The stars are just like us in 1920s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of pre code stuff. There's a lot more innuendo, too, which I think is they, they have to kind of. I don't know. It's good. Watch a movie a from of, the 1920s. A lot of eggplant emojis, but in the 1920s, they were just regular eggplants. <laughs> Listen, watch Trouble in Paradise. You won't regret it. The next thing I watched was Hearts of Darkness, which I had seen before, but it had been a long time, which is the documentary that... um, Oh, about... um, Coppola's wife made during Apocalypse Now. Right, right, right. Um, And it's really good. It's really interesting. It's really good if you are interested in sort of watching a director lose his mind. (laughs) A lot of people say that I've never seen, I've seen Apocalypse Now, I've never seen Hearts of Darkness, but a lot of people say that it's like just as good or better than Apocalypse Now. The documentary? Yeah. Yeah, the documentary. Oh, yeah, it is. It's very, I mean, Apocalypse Now I've seen, um, and you get to see some of the scenes and you, yeah, it's actually, I think it's more fun because there's a little bit of a gossipy element to it that is pretty fun. Right. Hot goss. Um, I also got through a phase of my life where I watched old episodes of What's My Line on YouTube, which I recommend if anyone is interested in the old timey folks, because that show was on for like 300,000 years, um, from the fifties to the seventies, I believe. Wow. And it's just a great slice of like back when entertainment celebrities were, you know, what we imagine them to be when we watch Mad Men or something like that. It was like right. a different time in the entertainment industry. It's pretty cool. Everyone's when such you... a great performer that like you really get to see like professionally trained, excellent on screen people just interact with each other. It's it's a joy. 
Cool. Yeah. Like back when like you had to have a talent to be like a famous entertainer. Yeah. Everyone is just kind of like so good at bantering with everyone else that it, it just turns into a really fun time. Right. Um, cool. Like I said, I'm regressing. I'm going all the way back to the times before I was even born. Uh, I also watched The Other Side of the Wind, which is the Orson Welles documentary about him making his final movie, which didn't work out. And it's really, I thought it was, it's a little boring, but it's pretty fascinating. Have you ever seen, there's like these commercials for um, a, like some kind of really shitty, I think it's, maybe it's cognac? If so, I, we talked about it on Life's Banquet. Maybe it was Sherry. It was Sherry. Uh, Orson Welles does all these commercials for like this like alcohol i think it's sherry or champagne or something and he's like you must try (laughs) he's like so wasted and like bloated and like nearing the end of his life he's like you must have something it is good drink it down (laughs) he just like slips off his chair (laughs) they parody that on the critic because there's a a oh my god i love the critic holy shit that show is great there's a critic where he or there's an episode where he Orson Welles is doing a commercial for Rosebud Peas, like, because Rosebud is the final thing that he says in Citizen Kane. Okay. And so he's like, Rosebud, and he's like, are the most wonderful frozen peas. I don't know. It's really funny. <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, um, I also watched, yes, Other Side of the Wind, I watched, um, the, I finished, I completed the Paranoia Trilogy, which... Oh, congratulations. I'm sure nobody knows about, but um, it's the movies, it's Pakula, is that his name? Alan Pakula, Pakula, like Scott Bakula, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Mm, um, it's pronounced Dracula. But he did All the President's Men and Clute and The Parallax View starring... Uh, Warren Beatty is the third one, and I finally oh, saw cool. that. And cool. All of those movies are great. I also watched. I had a big Deborah Winger year, so I watched oh, for yeah. the first time um, *Urban Cowboy*. And, Love *Urban Cowboy*. I also watched that this year for the first time. A, an officer and a gentleman. And *Terms of Endearment*. I had never seen all three of those. Oh, I love Terms of Endearment. I've seen it many times. That scene in Terms of Endearment when, like, Shirley MacLaine and Jack Nicholson go driving down the beach and, like, he f- she flings him into the water or whatever. And, like, oh, yeah. the camera work on her when she's running into the water is, like, it sticks in my mind as being some of the best cinematography of all time. I love that scene. It's so great. It's a good Didn't movie. you say she, like... Shirley, uh, Deborah Winger, like, farted in Shirley MacLaine's face or something during that movie? So, Deborah Winger is, like, notoriously difficult to work with. And she, in Shirley MacLaine's autobiography, one of her many, she mentions that, yes, she was tormenting her the entire time. To sort of, like, I guess to keep their antagonistic mother-daughter relationship going. hmm I don't know. But Shirley was horrified. But she farted in her face, right? She, like, farted in her face, and also while she was filming a love scene with Jack Nicholson, she was, like, tickling her leg or something, or tickling her <laughs> something crazy. What the fuck? I'm like, why is, that, why is that allowed? I don't know, but I do love Deborah Winger's voice, and she's great. I love her. Yeah. She really does play a, a working-class gal very well. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, also, have you seen An Officer and a Gentleman? No, I haven't. I think you should watch it. I will. Rich, I'll watch Rich, it right Richard now. Gear, I'm put Richard it on Gear, 
it's Richard Gere back when he's still like very to me cold and like sociopathic, but um, it's his early movie, so he's he's putting it on a little bit more. But the interesting, it's like back when they would just make like same with Urban Cowboy, like working class blue collar movies, and they're they're kind of depressing. And the one of the reviews I read about Officer and a Gentleman is that like it's actually kind of a sad movie because it talks very plainly about what it's like to be a blue collar person mm. in the world in that time. And back then, they probably still had unions because it was the 80s. So it's even worse now. Nobody's right. making movies about that shit anymore. Um, so the movies that I saw of 2020 that came out in 2020 are, I saw Bad Education. Mm-hmm. In Wendy, which I just saw that recently. I liked it. It's like a retelling of Peter Pan. It's... Um, oh, from the on. same guy who did Beast of the Southern Wild. It's oh it got, yeah, right. It got right, really right. bad reviews, that. but I enjoyed it. I watched it with my whole family around Christmas time. I don't know. I like Beast of the Southern Wild. I guess Beast of the Southern Wild has got some. It's problematic. It's now problematic because it's like race. a young white dude making a film about yeah yeah. Um. So, but I actually really enjoyed Wendy. It's pretty dark, but I was into it. Um. I saw Vivarium, which is the jesse eisenberg i don't know no i i am not a person who dislikes many celebrities but i can't handle jesse eisenberg well it's funny that you should say that because this year i really decided for 100 percent sure that i hate him yeah i'm sorry jesse if we're gonna lose you as a listener aside from your name being jesse which is an automatic (laughs) strike against you um you also are have are kind of wormy and i just can't handle i can't handle jesse eisenberg and it's the only celebrity I really don't like. I'm also not a super huge fan. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's just Jesse Eisenberg. But I'm sure you're lovely in person. I mean, I I don't Yeah, I'm just not I'm just not that into him and I watched Now You See Me, which is a very old <laughs> magicians who rob a bank movie. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> because it was on TV with the with the whole fam and it just really if you if you decide that you hate him, going back and watching his old movies is very difficult to do. It's just, you know, I, I love the Squid it. and the Whale, but the character, it's just too, I mean, he's typecast, so whatever, but I feel like the guy that he plays in the Squid and the Whale and in the social network is really him because it just comes a little too easy to him. So are you trying to say that Mark Zuckerberg is actually the kid from the Squid and the Whale? No, I'm trying or... to say that. Jesse Eisenberg is a really <laughs> shitty dude. Well, then definitely don't watch the movie that he was in with what's his name, where he was playing a, the friend of David Foster Wallace. That was really hard to watch. I didn't watch that. Yeah, the end of the tour. That's mm-hmm. that's, that's no go. I just can't stand him. Can't really stand to hear him speak or do anything. And he's like the main character in Now You See Me, and it's so awful. Yeah. Anyway, um. Moving on, I saw the last movie that I saw in the theaters before the lockdown was The Invisible Man, starring Elizabeth Moss. Um, and I just remember we went to a bar afterwards. Three of us went to go see it, and it was just like we didn't know it was going to be the last time, but things were starting to happen. Like we were starting to hear all the murmurings about mm-hmm. being locked down, but we didn't really believe that it was going to happen, and we didn't yeah. know what that meant. And it's just like a very strong memory that I have because it's so funny now to think back and be like man we didn't know shit I know the last movie I went to was a portrait of a lady on fire at Cobble Hill Cinemas and there was like some dude who was just coughing and coughing and coughing and it was like 
<laughs> the same time frame, like right before, and everyone was just like backing away from him. I'm sure he gave everyone in the theater COVID. And I well, remember I mean, like maybe he just has emphysema. <laughs> yeah, he could have just had ter- terminal lung cancer. But in any case, <laughs> it was a pretty good movie, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I liked it. Yeah, that's what they say. Lesbians movies there, but there was a critique about how all lesbian romances are set in the olden times. That's very interesting. True. Yeah. Um, other movies that I saw that came out this year, Shirley, also starring Elizabeth Moss. Um, Your real Moss head. <laughs> Palm Springs. She dies tomorrow. Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. I'm not a fan of Wonder Woman. Soul, mm. the Disney sensation. The Assistant, The Lodge, Swallow, and Emma. Okay. Well, excuse. That's a pretty good list. It is good. Well, on that note, I think we're going to have to make this a two-parter year in review. Because we're almost out of time. Well, we started late, though. Yeah, I mean, we got a little bit more time left. I'm just saying. I think that this (laughs) is going to be a two-part year in review. I certainly am not going to have time to tell you about any of my reviews. Well, let's talk about the last movie that you saw. So you saw Portrait of a Woman on Fire. I saw mine at the Williamsburg uh, Nighthawk. Mm, yeah, I saw mine at Cabo Hill Cinema, which I really miss. And I feel like a lot of people have said this, but I truly do miss going to the movies. And I really worry that movie theaters, will they reopen? Will they not? But then I think, like, well, what else is going to go in the place where Cabo Hill Cinema is? They're going to put... They're going to, like, take the whole movie theater out of it and put some other random business there? Like They're going to put a condo there. Oh, God. That would be terrible. <laughs> Please, Lord, don't let it happen. Please, Lord, don't let anything happen to the Cobble Hill Cinema. Um, but what are we going to... How are we going to close it out, then, if we're... Well, if that's we're, a very good question. Maybe we should just just stop talking. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the movies I'm excited to see in 2021. Okay, great. Which there's only three of them, because what yeah um but i am excited for the new bond movie which i guess will never be released because they just changed it again so it's not going to come out until november of 2021 wait the new what movie the new bond movie yeah okay whatever i like james bond movies sure so sue me um but like that's thanksgiving of next year so i don't of this year i guess but well i'll be dead by then so we're never gonna see it no i don't see movie theaters really being in existence. I guess maybe we'll still have streaming platforms if the internet still exists when we're all in our cabins in the woods. Um, yeah, exactly. You just have to, like, rub a bat and a stick together to try to get internet service. <laughs> Not two sticks, a bat and a stick. That's how you get internet. Two sticks makes a fire, a bat and a stick makes the internet work. I'm also excited to see Dune, okay? Mm-hmm. I can't watch Dune. When I was younger, Bobby <laughs> had a a boyfriend who was really a crazed person and uh like i mean i could go on and on about this guy but like this was a time when bobby was bringing like swan like dead swans into the house like just really on one she was in a time of self self exploration but like this guy was like really fueling the fire and the only movie this guy would watch was dune and he well, would watch it over bad, and over though. what's that that movie is bad i just can't i like i i'm like allergic to dune i can't watch it it's very triggering for me well you're not a sci-fi person anyway but also i tried to read dune and i couldn't even it's not the i don't like the book and i don't even really like the movies but i i love the concept i do want to see the what they've done with it they probably are going to ruin it like they do all movies present day yeah 
Um, and then because there isn't really a whole lot else to look forward to, I'm kind of interested in seeing The Quiet Place too, even though it might be really bad. I liked Quiet Place 1, and I'm looking forward to seeing... What is that movie with Carrie Mulligan that's coming out where she's a serial killer? An upstanding... That's already out. And uh, Yeah, like an <gasps> outstanding woman or something. Ooh, I'm looking forward to seeing that, and I'm looking forward to seeing the new Wes Anderson movie. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah the French connection newspaper french movie uh, whatever french newspaper the french report whatever we know we know it we love it we can't wait to see it at least I <laughs> the french oh connection the, sequel. You, the french connection too you know what i saw this i started watching it is very rare for me to start watching a movie and feel like it's so bad i have to turn it off <laughs> but the new woody allen movie like a rainy oh. day in new york no I, okay no no it was like so bad let me just tell you right now that this movie was so bad. It's called A Rainy Day in New York. It's supposed to be raining. In the movie, they're like in a car. It's the most obvious fake rain I've ever seen. Not to mention all the people on the street, the extras who are in the background, are not wearing umbrellas. <laughs> like everyone's just walking around normal and it's supposed to be pouring rain. It's bright and sunny and there's just like little bits of water dribbling on this car. And Timothy yeah. Chalamet, God bless your heart for being in this film. Because this was a real stinker. Two thumbs I mean, down. He, I don't know. Does he have to be in literally every movie that comes out? I don't understand what's going I on. I wish I had more thumbs so I could give more thumbs down. But I Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of really, really bad Woody Allen movies. Because he insists on making a movie a year. Even yeah, though he's true. canceled and 117 years old. <laughs> <laughs> no Svaratu. Anyway, yeah, that was bad. Don't watch that. Or I do. Totally I don't care. <laughs> I've hated lots of new recent Woody Allen movies. Oh yeah, most in the, the only, last twenty years. The only good recent Woody Allen movie of like the two thousands, I think, is like Blue Jasmine, which I think is maybe his one of his best top five movies of all time. Yeah, I think that um, Match Point is, but it's a retelling of um, the one with Angelica Houston where she gets murdered, crimes and misdemeanors. Oh yeah, right. Because it has the same theme of is it better to be lucky or is it better to be good? Right, 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 right. Interesting. Okay. Well, guys, this is going to be a cliffhanger. What's going to tune in next week to find out what movies <laughs> the gals like? What have they been eating? Who farted in whose face during what movie and what decade? <laughs> Does Shirley MacLaine bite her toenails? All these answers and more on next week's episode of Life's a Banquet. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many things I want to say too. I can't. I can't wait. I'm filled with it's anticipation. But you know what? You know who does actually bite their toenails? Who's a celebrity? Whom? Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts bites her toenails. Well, there was a, there was a a quiz in People magazine. They're like, "What bad habit do you wish you could break?" And she said, "Biting my toenails." Wow, that's gross. You know, recently <laughs> I had somebody at my home a couple months ago, and. Uh, in the morning, they were, like, at the table, and there was, like, a nail on the table. And they're, like, I think this is, like, your toenail. And I was, like, why would it be my toenail? Who said it's that? Just, a per- like, a gentleman caller that was over. And I'm, like, it's not my toenail, obviously. Why would my toenail? I'm, like, it's probably, like, a fingernail that broke. I'm single. Like, get off me. I eat grapefruit naked. And I fucking, sometimes my fingernails fall off, and I leave them on the table because... I'm the only one that's going to find them. And then I was like, maybe this is why he didn't like me. Because he thought I collected my toenails. And then I told Ryan, 
I was talking about with my friend Ryan with our friend Ryan, and I was like, "Well, could it have been the toenail that he thought it was a toenail?" And he he was saying telling a story about someone he knew <laughs> who went to a guy's house, and there was a pile of toenails on his bed, Ew. and the guy said that he saves them. He like clips his toenails and saves them, and she fucked him anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but you know why? Because it's hard out there for women because all the men are disgusting monsters, but somehow you create some sort of vacuum in New York City where you still have to fuck the guy with toenails on his bed. I'm wondering, how can you sleep on a bed where the toenails don't get scattered everywhere? That's a great question. But I just want to say, you know, I live alone and I have to fucking cook for a living and and I have brittle nails. You wouldn't know (laughs) from my thick, strong, lustrous hair, but I have brittle fingernails. And sometimes they crack from all the back-breaking work I have to do around the home. So (laughs) this just doesn't seem fair. Okay, but I just want to say... If you are a polite person who is kind to others and you're on a, a one or two date, you know, first or second, yeah. you don't just pick something up and be like, I think this is your toenail. Like, that is, that's <laughs> that's true. Cheap, that is rude. You should just ignore it's it. It's bad manners. Yeah. If it, if it means that you don't ever want to see this person again and you're not attracted to them anymore, that's fine. But you don't just like bring it to their attention. Like, Excuse me, up. madam. Is this your toenail? <laughs> He just had, like, all of a sudden he had a giant magnifying glass and a curly mustache. Also, like, why are you so bored that you're staring at my table that intently? Like, go fuck yourself. I just Are you a fucking toenail detective now? What are you? I should have just been really mean. Like, what are you, some kind of fucking toenail detective? Just, like, that's not (laughs) good manners. And that person, you you dodged a bullet. I don't know about that. But I do, I've, like, really beat myself. Because I'm such the kind of person that, like, is so so self-flagellating. That I just was like, <laughs> the toenail hadn't. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, you're also very bad at seeing people's red flags. And this That's was true. It, it, it wasn't flag. a toenail, listeners, just so you know. It was a fucking <laughs> fingernail. The whole point of this story is I don't bite my toenails. Could I? Absolutely. I'm extremely flexible. Do I? No. Why would I? Why would anyone? If you're a toenail biter out there, fine. I don't care. Call me, in fact, because I'm very lonely. And at this point, I would fuck someone with a bed full of toenails. Maybe. I bite my fingernails. I can't reach my toes with my mouth because I'm not flexible. I could probably fit. If my mouth could open wide enough, I bet I could fit my whole foot up to my knee into my mouth. That's how flexible I am. (laughs) Flexibility is genetic, so I would stop bragging about it. Okay? (laughs) Wait, it is genetic? Yeah, there are some people that are just more flexible than others based on their genes. It's funny now. I'm thinking about my dad being flexible. He was like 350 pounds. I'm trying to think about him biting his toenails. Would have never <laughs> happened. But I guess I should ask my mom. Moving on. Let's get out of here. Okay, let's get the fuck out of here. This was a fun episode. Great to hear about all the things that you love. Uh, yeah, just only- wait for next week when I'm going to smush your face and all the banana bread that I made, <laughs> made this past year. <laughs> banana chip banana peanut butter banana and jelly banana and bacon also i just want to mention for listeners before we leave that i am currently staring at a pillow with robert redford's face on it because one of my favorite things yes one of my favorite things that i discovered in 2020 um which made all the other horrors worth it is that i fell deeply in love with robert redford and i'll talk more about that next week but we did a secret Santa, like me, Mary, Catherine, um, 
and Becky and Dan and Catherine O'Malley got me and she <laughs> fucking got me a pillow with Robert, a young hot Robert Redford face I on it. I love that. That's and crazy. it's gazing at me as we speak and it's hot. So I'm just saying I might attach this pillow to some kind of mannequin body. <laughs> Don't forget to give it toenails. <laughs> if only you had longer toenails, Redford, <laughs> you'd be perfect. Okay, that's enough. Um, goodbye, everyone. Bye. Um, hasta, hasta la pasta, as they say. They do say. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.